Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, folks. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. Uh, we have some things to talk about. Um some things regarding the KHL, which could have NHL implications. I believe we're doing the all-time Chicago Blackhawks team today, um, but we'll start with some baseball stuff. And uh, if you saw that tweet, I, I I forwarded you, Russ, the NFL stuff as well if you want to go there. But start with the baseball. Okay. I'll look at the NFL now while we're doing it. Baseball-wise, <laughs> let's, let's talk about, you know, the Noah Syndergaard situation. He – I just literally watched him pitch like literally 75 feet from four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then he had a start after that. So obviously something went wrong somewhere after that start that he had in the minors. And and now he's getting Tommy John. Listen, I can't blame the Mets or even him. Every pitcher seems to get Tommy John now. So in that regard, I, I'm not blaming anybody. And actually I'm okay with the state of their pitching. What I'm not okay with are the Mets fans whining to try and get Matt Harvey back. Two reasons why you don't want him. First one is he can't pitch. He's a thrower, and he doesn't throw in the 90s anymore. And the second reason is if he goes back to New York, the amount of press that he'll get for a menial minor leaguer will disrupt the entire organization. And I I don't see the sense in it. Let Lugo become a starter. He doesn't want to be in the bullpen anyhow. And you run the bullpen a little short until Batances gets there. That's fine. I'm, I would rather roll that way. Now, Jan, I compared it. I compared the potential hype of Matt Harvey coming back to Tebow because neither can play anymore. Right. So, look, everybody loved the Dark Knight for a while. I mean, he was the big sure. persona in New York. He was there. He was their main draw for several years early on. I was I was at the All Star Game in 2013, and trust me, it was, it was a show when he took the mound. Trout hit the triple, and then he retired the side afterwards, and, and the place went absolutely ballistic because, in, in full disclosure, Mets didn't have much else to root in 2013-4. Sure. And then, look, I was at Game 5 in 2015 in the World Series. So was I. And, I. and I know a lot of people will argue that he should not have stayed on the mound, and Kansas City's nice revisionist history, they thought they were getting to him. He blazed through the eighth inning. He did. I, I had no issue. I did not have one iota of issue with him starting that inning. At best, I said Colin should have pulled him after he walked the first guy. Yeah, that's have gone with that. He missed the spot on Hosmer's double by a foot. There's no doubt if you watch the replay, watch where the catcher set up and watch where the ball was on the outer half. So Harvey was larger than life. You can say that he sacrificed himself for the team if you believe in that. Bringing him oh, back, I don't, I don't if, that for if he could still pitch, I'd have no problem bringing him back. Right. He, as, but as Russ said, I don't think there's much of there left anyway. If you maybe signed him to a minor league contract and shipped him to the minors and saw what happened and right. see if he had anything left, maybe. But clearly not as a major league contract for but sure. even as a minor leaguer, I, I just think it's a disruption. I, I don't feel bad for Matt Harvey because, A, he stayed out too late and partied too much, and, B – he came in out of shape in years, and he just relied on his arm strength. And when that 
fastball started to go, so did Matt Harvey's career. And I appreciate the time that he gave us on the mound, but that time has passed. Well, I mean, you you could say you, you could say Russ that uh, that like reporters for the Daily News or the New York Post would be padding their their uh, mileage uh, to drive to Binghamton if they sign him for Winterly, right? But how realistic is it? It's like I made the comparison to you earlier. I can't remember what year it was, but I think it was like 2009 or 2010 when the the Yankees signed Mark Pryor to a minor league deal. Now, I, you know, like I had a vested interest because I had I had Mark Pryor on my Stratomatic team. I drafted him in the first round, and then he blew out his arm, and he was gone. And I was like, "Gee, I hope he could come back and at least pitch well for the Yankees." And he never got there. But I mean, really, it was it was a, just a little bit of a distraction. But the Yankees, he didn't have the hype. If he'd have gone back to Chicago on a minor league deal, yeah, um, I don't. I still don't think they would have had the hype anymore because of the injury. Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. There would have been because I was at I was at a show at his height, and I was looking at Mark Pryor autographs for fun, and a guy had it at like 200 bucks, and I said, really, for Mark Pryor? And the guy said, he's the next Seaver. He said that to me. Well, I, I, well hold on. a lot of people thought that Pryor oh, was the next on, great man. thing. Just, well, you know, you know what the funny you – know I, I, mean, I mean, Russ, he was in his prime – an upper tier pitcher. Yeah, so was Terry Wood, but it didn't last. You don't. Uh, and Wood also had the arm injuries. The, the funny thing was, I I remember because I I listened to this when I drafted him, and he did have a couple of great years. That they were saying his mechanics are so fantastic, he will never have an arm injury, and then right. he blows out his well, arm. It's like you know, and that well, and that's the thing. God. The fun, interesting part is with with Syndergaard, right? There's you know, if you read what Rick Peterson and other people have said, is they've talked about him dialing down potentially the velocity for several years now to maximize his longevity. And part of it is, is that the question still has to be raised. You know, two years ago, we got big, big and bulky. This past year, he seemed to focus a little bit more on flexibility. But he's also one of those that has relied upon the, the velocity of his fastball and his slider. Sure. And you look compared, you look at, look, look at body type. He's DeGrom, still big and bulky, though. I saw him yeah. right? DeGrom is, is wiry. Yeah. He's not really strong. But he also can get it up to 97, 98 when necessary. But it's not a consistent. He escalates and he takes, he adds and subtracts. Right. He is a pitcher, right. not a thrower. And that's what we've said right. about Syndergaard for years, which is the problem. Which is what I, exactly, exactly what I said to Russ yesterday. It's like DeGrom could pitch into his mid-30s because he is a pitcher, because he can all he can chain, throw change-ups and throw change of speed and, and alternate his fastball in and out and up and down. Syndergaard just blew it by you. So the that best example of that is, you know, MLB is doing this this thing where they're replaying games for each team of like planning, clinching, etc. They're replaying Game Five of the 2015 NLDS against the Dodgers. Now, Russ, you remember Degrom had nothing that day. Yeah, and literally on pure guts, he figured a way to get through six innings. Well, that's what and I told Michael. That's what great pitchers do. He was a great pitcher. He is a pitcher. He he figured out what worked and what didn't, and added, subtracted, moved the ball up and down, and figured a way to get his way out of it because he pitches, not just throws. Yeah, Syndergaard, he's not going to learn how to pitch. He's had enough time to learn how to pitch. He's not. He is what he is, and if he comes back throwing mid nineties, that's what he's going to come back throwing. But I'm telling you. We could all say, dial it down, do this, do that. He is not going to do it. Well, he's a free agent after next year, so it's going to be. I know. Like, and will sign him. And with with see the thing is, I I always think when I always think about a power pitcher changing to a 
a craftsman, if you want to call it. I always think back to the seventies and a guy like Frank Tanana, who was yep. a fire fireballer with the yep. with, with Anaheim or California. And then his, you know, his, when he was with Detroit, he was still an effective pitcher, but he was like Jamie Moyer. He was like he could right. race seventy five miles an hour. But very few guys do that transition. Okay. Well, you had one in New York recently, Mike. Yeah. You had one guy in the Yankees who did the same thing. Sabathia. Oh, Sabathia yeah. had no choice. Yeah. But but the ability to morph into that pitcher, I mean, we know Syndergaard will come back and will still probably throw 93, 94, 95. That that five miles an hour is going to be the difference between him being a dominant pitcher, though. If he learns how to pitch, then he could still be effective. But that five miles an hour for him will be bigger than anybody else. So anyway, uh, just we'll just say this one thing, and then we'll, we'll get started that because I think we can mm-hmm. talk about this, and then also connect it to what's going to happen or what potentially could happen in the NHL. Uh, Roger Goodell is fighting against his own general managers for because the general managers in the NFL want to push the draft, which is I think April twenty third or to the twenty fifth right now. Yeah, yeah they want to put they want to push the draft into May. And he's basically saying, "Screw you! We're going. We're going. We're going to have the draft. We'll, we'll do it in a in a uh, in a ballroom in New York instead of having it uh, like in Vegas." But they're going to go ahead, and the reason they want to go ahead is because there's nothing else going on, and they'll get fantastic ratings. That's why they want to do it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, they can do this remotely, can't they? I mean, does this have to be something? They'll do, they'll do it by by conference call. They'll do yeah, it. I mean, it doesn't have to be. It, it should be really safe to do it. So, well, the the only issue is. If, if they're going to do it via conference call and it's going to be as bad as the MLB draft and not having players there, right. they're better off pushing it back. And that's where I think Goodell is making a mistake because if you have the NFL draft without the players there, nobody's watching for two days. Nobody. Right. Uh, you'll still get guys who are draft guys. Who no, you're gonna get, if it's an NFL draft, you're going to get people watching. You'll get some. You won't get nearly as much. Yeah, Mel It's Tucker. the only action in town, right? There's nothing in baseball. It doesn't it's matter. Basketball, gonna, nothing in hockey. Have you tried to watch the MLB draft when they yes, fight people in? It's awful. All right. And they've had some people in Syracuse and Russ, to be honest with you. It's still horrible, which is why they talked about moving it to Rosenblatt Stadium to, to jump, generate yeah. the interest. For me, it's unwatchable. And, and if they do that for the NFL, I wouldn't watch well, it. Well, the problem is that you're having guys in high school that most right. guys haven't heard of. I think part of that – I think part of that Russ is recognition. Like I don't know past the seventh or eighth pick in a baseball in the baseball draft, you know who these kids are. Yeah, but if Tua calls you from his kitchen and he's not there up on the stage, who cares? It's not going to have the same effect. Trust but there's been guys the last couple of years that have not shown up to the draft who have had you can, their own. But you can get everyone home now. You can get everybody on. You can get everybody on Skype. I don't see why this is a big deal. I right. Think. It can be as it can be as good as Patrick Line when he was on Skype before the 2016 draft. Right. It was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen. But that was different times. I mean, now you yes. people no, can no, understand no, no. why you'd be on Skype. This now. is different. <laughs> what I implore you to do: go watch five minutes of the WWE without any fans. Oh my God! And tell me. What you think of that? Because that's exactly what's going to happen at this event. Same thing. I, I, I saw that yesterday. I saw that a couple days ago. Paul Heyman standing in an empty an empty uh, uh, ring with with uh, um, what's his name? The big uh, former the guy who crossed oh, over to you. Oh, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Right. And Lesnar's just standing there, looking like flushed. Looking the coronavirus. Looking there, like with, with his stare on. And Heyman, there's no crowd reaction. There's no boy. It was right. horrible. 
Same will happen to the NFL draft. Trust me. That's why they should wait a month. All right. Well, I, don't think, well, I don't think enough. I think I don't think a month will be enough. Well, I think there's ways. To, I think there's ways to get around it. They're not being creative enough yet about this thing. There's ways to do it. Like they could, you could have, you could have a Zoom conversation with a hundred fans from each team that win, that win, that win prizes to get into that Zoom conversation, and they have a board with a hundred of them, and they can get their reactions, and they would be cheering. I mean, you can. There's ways of making this. Oh, you know what? I would love to see a Zoom conversation with anybody the Jets draft. That would be a gong show. You're if you. <laughs> You have no idea how some of these fans are. Oh, I know. That's why I'm saying. I mean, it'll be worth. Enough. It'll be great. It'll be great TV. I mean, like, I'm not saying it's going to be like. You know, you gotta out, everybody's got to think outside the box here. You know, they have to think outside the box. All right, let's get you going here. You need well more than a seven second delay. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. What the what the hell's the date today? I left my twenty fifth. Thank you. It's Wednesday, right? Yeah, sure. It is, yes, I, I believe so. Okay. Hello, hockey world. It's Wednesday. March 25th, 2020. I'm Michael Agello, I think. I'm Jan Levine. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Eklund, and you're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday to fill you in on the comings and goings of the hockey world, brought to you by people like you who watch it every day at patreon.com slash hockey, where you can support the show and give us like five bucks a month or 10 bucks a month, as a couple of you did yesterday, to thank, to thank us for doing it. We really appreciate it. It means a lot. Um, today on my side thing here, I've decided to, to play a, uh, another really bizarre game. I'm playing the all-time Rangers team, which was selected by Russ and Jan and, and you fans out there as well, against the Japanese national team. So, well, not with Laidlaw. If you have Laidlaw on that team, it is not the team Jan and I play. I know. I, I, I vetoed. I had to put Laidlaw on there because, you know, it was the sixth defense and I had to go with him. So, um, he already cost the game. Why would you do it again? <laughs> he didn't cost the game. You, got, you guys won. Um no, but I thought I thought I was trying to find a team that you know they should definitely kill, and I picked the Japanese national team today. So we'll see. Right now it's two nothing already uh, with nine minutes to go in the first period for the Rangers. Is Taro Tushimoto on that team? Probably. No, he's a fake person, Eck. There's no such person. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Taro Tushimoto. Any of these? Any of these? Clearly, have jumped the shark at this point. In yeah, time. that's 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 something. That's something that I just like. To, I like to see like what what would happen in a game like this. That's all. That's so what we're gonna do today. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna have some fun with um a couple things. And I really wanted to also my thing I did today, which is getting a lot of uh, people out there retweeting it and having fun with it, is the hockey. What kind of hockey person are you? And this we're gonna take the test. So I'm gonna and I'm gonna give the test to you three folks today. Okay. And see what you guys are all about. Can, 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 we, can we can we touch on the news first? Yes, we'll go to the news first, but then we will go to this. So let's start. Actually, we have a pretty good signing for the Sabers. Um, Russ, um, in uh, Samuelson, tell us about. Yeah, that. yeah. Matthias Samuelson's a nice signing. I mean, he. At this point, for whatever reason, I, and what I always tell people is I follow college hockey players, but I don't follow the teams and know all the inner workings. But clearly a lot of their third and fourth year guys, well, the fourth year guys would be, would be gone anyhow, but a lot of the third year guys are gone. So a lot of the Western Michigan team has been broken up. And so getting Samuelson is really good for the Sabres because they can put him in Rochester. But again, he needs to be in Rochester for at least a full season, maybe two. Physically, he could handle the NHL now. Skating-wise, he could handle the NHL now. But it's things like decision-making and everything else that you want to sort of let him go at his own pace. And I always tell this, if somebody is going to dominate at a level and, and really dominate, like, again, when we're talking about, like, Morgan Frost, he didn't dominate when they called him up. And, and that's what I kept saying. Four games or whatever it was was not domination. Now – Faraby hung for a long time and he went went and came back, but even he wasn't dominating. By dominating, I mean 
could he be like one of the 10 or 15 best defensemen in that league? If he can, then yeah. fine. At half season, you bring him up. But he probably needs a year or two there. I'm happy for him and his family. You know, we I see his dad at every Flyers game. We're the only two in the building that talk about Swedish and Finnish prospects. We don't even talk about the NHLers. But this kid's smart, and he's really good, and he's physical. He does have a little offense in his game, too, and that's what I think let all that develop. Now, he's a Swedish prospect, but probably lived most of his life in America, right? I mean, he's – Yeah, he's in Voorhees, yeah. So, yeah, so he's – he's um is he's, he's American, a, but, you know, his dad's a Swede. They go right. back. Is he considered like – um He's got tools. I guess he could play for either – could he play for his, for the Swedes or no, the – No, he's been playing American the whole time. Once once yeah. you play once you play for one con, one national right. country, then uh, – one country, then you're stuck. Yeah, he's, right. Right. he was born here, and he's playing American, but his dad goes back to Sweden, so we always talk about Swedish players. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. No, definitely. And there's a, there's a lot of pride there, so – Now, now – um. And I'm gonna post this <clears throat> post this after the show. Um, the uh, the announcement that came this morning about the KHL canceling the rest of the uh, Gregarin uh, playoffs. Yep. Um, the interesting thing about this is, and specific, I know that uh, I think it was Pierre LeBrun reported or was talking specifically about Alexander Romanov, who was a draft pick of the Canadians, um, who was talking about coming over to North America after the KHL season. But it can be applied to Sorokin. It can be applied to Kaprizov, the the Minnesota Wild prospect. These are players who were drafted by teams who's have, who uh, NHL teams have their rights. He's not uh, LeBron is not one hundred percent sure, but based on the fact that those players could sign and play and go right in and play when the when the NHL resumes play because the KHL season is over with. Mm -hmm. And they're they were properties of those teams, so they could sign them. They could play them now. Unrestricted free agents, guy players whose contracts expired at the end of the KHL season. The NHL already said something. They put out a, some sort of release that said those players cannot play until 2020, 2021. So until mm -hmm. next season. But the fact that the KHL shut down their playoffs, they established a salary cap of. Uh, between 4.3 and 14.4 million dollars for next year, and I heard talk of them contracting from the number of teams that they had already. You're going to see a ton of Russian players or a ton of players that played in the KHL coming over next summer, especially for teams like Toronto and, and maybe you know and other teams that are going to be up against the cap, getting and getting players on less than a million dollar contracts. They're going to gobble them up. I'm talking about Seattle too. Like this could affect Seattle in an interesting way. Well, I don't know. Seattle's two years away. I think. At this well, point, I mean, this, we're talking about next summer, right? Where these guys could come over. So no, we're talking about this. No, summer. you're talking right now. Yeah. yeah. You said next summer. I wasn't confused. Used by white. Well, this, this summer. No. This, this summer. summer. Okay. Okay. But but here's what I would say. First thing is shame on Dan Milstein because you know Romanov's got seven points, seven assists in the K. That's it, right? If you saw him in the World Juniors, he was a pointy game. He's not really a pointy game player, but he definitely could be a half a pointy game player with some physical play and skating. Mm -hmm. Why in the world, other than an agent just wanting to get a contract signed, would you want him to sign and go right to Montreal and go right in the lineup, let's say, if the NHL comes back this year? Yeah. You wouldn't want to do that. He's got to transition to North America. It's a dumb move, and if you're signing him for the AHL, great if you're signing him to play right now for the Canadians, 
it's not smart. But the other two, yeah. I think, are NHL ready. So yeah, Sorokin's ready. And Kaprizov. And Kaprizov's so, ready, yes. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but, but what I'm saying is – This kid's 20. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, yeah. You you could if you, if you're going to be irresponsible, you could put him in the NHL and play him with Shea Weber, like they did with Victor Mete a couple of years ago. Well, how's Mete's career advanced? That's that's the point I'm making. It ha- it hasn't he hasn't really yeah. developed as well as some people thought. So maybe that's a a, a little bit of a warning to Bar- Mark Bergevin to not do. I mean, get him signed, get him over here. I understand that completely. He's one of their better prospects, and and he's a defenseman, and they they need defensemen badly. But yeah, I, I'd be hesitant to throw him right in the NHL right at the, right at the very beginning. Right. Yeah, I would be too. Would be too. What else we have? What else we have out there, guys? In news wise. Um. No. The KHL one. I want to mention the KHL because I get a newsletter yeah. every week. And I actually did get one two days ago that didn't talk about this. Watching the news, what I did notice was that there was a major spike yesterday in the coronavirus in Russia, and Putin had a trip canceled. Yeah. And then, then all of a sudden, they canceled the KHL. So I think they didn't have enough testing going on. Sounds familiar. And yeah. they finally realized they had a bigger problem than they did. And that's why I think they ended up canceling. I think it took them by surprise. I don't think players knew it was coming. I don't think anybody knew it was coming. They knew they were postponed for a while, but to just cancel the season like that, I don't think they expected that. That was that was a surprise, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I th- think this did this did definitely catch them by surprise. There's no yeah. question about it. And it's you know? surprising that they wouldn't. Be- now I know that their season, I believe their regular season starts in September, Russ. Yes. Yeah. Really. So. They were, I mean, they were up against it even more than than the NHL in terms of needing to have a pristine 2020-21 season. They had to make that decision like right away. They couldn't wait until June or July or even July or August, which uh, that was the other bit of news today, Ak, was that um, the report was that, especially after the Olympic announcement, that NHL teams – were told by the by the NHL to uh, guarantee or to look into available dates for their arenas in going into August. So that you know, yeah. the Olympics getting postponed, we thought was going to yeah. be something where um, you know yeah. that was going to have an effect. But you have to remember, NBC has nothing now for two whole weeks. Yeah, they're they're praying for this. Yep. They I mean, this is this is. I mean, and and you know, the availability of stadiums right now is pretty good. <laughs> well, it's been canceled. I mean, I would say that I would say that there, there's nothing booked in July. Oh, I got to tell you, I just got a Facebook notice. Jackson Brown and James Taylor don't seem to care. They're coming in July, no matter what. Well, yeah, yes, no. Well, formaldehyde kills, you know, coronavirus. I mean, so I know there's, I know there are some. I've seen Jackson Brown. There are some. There are some great concerts. He is. There's summer dates. Yeah, they don't look very good. Those guys. Yeah, but but <laughs> yes, yes, and yes, and no about about the availability of dates because you got to remember a lot of these buildings, Zach, are also NBA buildings, and they're going to delay their return. I mean, they, you know, if, it's going to be easier for them to play in June or July. I know that there is a concern about the you know how how well the ice will be, and you know that teams are going to have to prepare for that, like we were discussing. But you know, they could be playing in July and August too. Yeah, no, they they could be. That's true. That's true. That could be. I really I don't think you're. I don't think you're. I think we're gonna be able to figure out the stadium thing though. Um, but I think I, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm, I'm encouraged by the fact that they're looking into it. 
I mean, we have to look forward like things are going to get better. You know, you have no other option. I mean, there's no right. there is no other option. I, I don't think there will be an NBA season. They have a lot of people, yeah. a lot of players affected. But I, I think the NHL could pull off something. But like I said, I don't think you'll see games in Manhattan unless it's completely empty stands. There's just too much going on there. I think they will have to narrow certain cities out. L.A. they might not even want to play in because the Staples Center is ground. Yeah, I can see some of the bigger. I can see New York, L.A., and Chicago having difficulties for sure. Yeah. Um, and and if, other cities as well. If, if the Islanders, I mean, you know, the Devils would be out of If the Islanders and Rangers had to play in one building, do you think they would go to Newark? Do you think they would play in Long Island? If I they, think they would. I think I think that what they would do is they all of them all of them would go to New Jersey. If I they think they would go to Newark because I think what yeah. Jan would probably agree to is I'm starting to hear a lot of people that fled New York went to Long Island, and now there's more people infected on Long Island than there used Jer to be. Jersey's numbers are rising. Oh, Jersey yeah. too. No every problem. day, as you know, Jersey's numbers are rising every day. Right. Every, I mean, every state, what they said. We're still a couple of weeks away from the apex. So, you know, the numbers we're seeing now that are rising, we're going to see apexes in certain cities over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, no, I think that's for sure. Pre by the way, Japanese, Japan has just made it four to two. They've, tied, they've, brought, they've gotten within two. Um, of the Russians, of, of the of the all time. We may have to mute Eck. What was that? <laughs> He's making this like a mystery Alaska. Yeah. Game. I'm trying to see like what could happen here. You know, like, we, we, we need the uh, we need the Mike Myers character. Yeah. I know Team Japan. You know. All right. Um. So well, I'll, take, I'll take the Mary McCormick character. I do have some news I wanted to throw out there too because I thought this was pretty cool. Um. And then we'll get into actually um not and some fun investigating our our hockey history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bauer Hockey put out this that they are and and I saw the story on Hockey Night in Canada. That, yeah. It's really cool that um, Bauer is making as started repurposing their facilities to make these uh, for for medical people um, these these shields, which you know and they're 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 getting they're going to be available. Um, these are medical professionals. Professionals it says right now we're all on the same team. We're repurposing our facilities to make face shields so that the medical professionals battling COVID nineteen can safely continue to help those most vulnerable. I was going to say, if doctors and nurses are going to be operating blowtorches, those would work. But I, I think I, I, they're going to augment them for for masks. That's good. But so, I mean, you know how it's nice to post this, but how easily can you get something out of Canada to the U.S. now? And if New York City wanted to order them, how quickly do you get it? I don't think they would get it that quickly. That's the problem. They say they can have them out in two weeks. I don't know. They're, they're going to have them ready in two weeks, apparently. I mean, they've got, they've got you know, that's Let's you're right. That, that works, but, you know, we'll see. I'm skeptical. I mean, it's not surprising. I mean, I'm, my, my wife works on medical ultrasound machines, you know, and they're doing stuff right now. Um, well, they're all doing it, Eck, but nobody's actually putting anything out yet. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, not, they are. I mean, there are different people are. There's, there's some people that aren't, but, and you know, it's hard to get anything out. You know, in the past, the biggest issue that all these things will have is, is um, you know, medical regulations, which are very hard. When you put something out like, this is a shield, this is no big deal. But, you know, certain things that, you know, medical regulations, it's hard to get anything out that quickly. Um, you know, normally, I don't know if some of those things will be waived. If it's not medicine, if it's just like a device, yeah. something like that, I think it should be probably waived in this situation. If, it's, if there's no risk. Of reasonable. I mean, look, like I said, New York's down so many. They need these supplies. They need, mass, they need, they need everything. That's why 3M is up their production quick, as yeah. quick as they possibly can. And we're sending out, I think, five hundred thousand ventilators to uh, to New York and one other state earlier this week. Yeah, they're upping their production repeatedly. I mean, that's well, why. Know, here's the other do, thing, though. You've seen do-it-yourself masks of people trying to figure out how to make their own masks. You've seen pictures yeah. of ski goggles being used in lieu of having other 
other alternatives. So everybody's trying to find makeshift ideas yeah. and they have themselves because there's a lack of the regular ones that are available. You still have to have a bed for the ventilator. That's the yeah. other problem for New York. Yeah, that's, that's, the, yeah, that's the bigger issues for sure. Like when we live in the suburbs, it's easy, right? Philly's got like, you know, portable places. I think this is great with, with, with 3M and I think it's great with Bauer, but until we start seeing them being utilized, I'm skeptical. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, you have to start somewhere. Um, all right, so here we go. Let's let's do some. Let's do some. What kind of fans are we today? Just for some first fun. People like people love it. Do Jan first because he's gonna. Yeah, I gotta run. Okay, yeah. we'll go through Jan first here. Um, I will ask you the questions, Jan. You can answer them in in a safe and honest safe and honest answer. There is no. Uh, or you can say no comment. You can you can you can say no comment if you'd like to. Or please. Uh, all right, the city you grew up in. Uh, I'll go with uh, West New York, New Jersey. Okay, there we go. West New York, New Jersey. The name of the town. It's right across from. Uh, I have a view of the skyline. That was my view every day. Really? Very cool. Very cool. NHL player who grew up closest to where you grew up. Uh, I'm gonna have to look that up. I don't even know. Okay. Just, yeah, you guys can. You got other two can look at that as you go along here. Um, your favorite NHL know. team? Well, you kind of know the answer to that one. Yeah, we'll say the New York Rangers. Your least favorite NHL team? Kind of know the answer to that one too. <laughs> who would that be? That would be the Islanders and the Devils, given this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, New York Metro teams is my least favorite NHL team. <laughs> Just put, um, uh, the NHL teams that you secretly follow. Uh, I used to be the Ducks because I was a huge Paul Korea fan. Ah, interesting. Very good. Um, your favorite hockey writer growing up? Thanks. Delapino? Yeah, Delapino is still around. He works yeah, he's, he's working for the NHL offices now as opposed to yeah. writing for the uh, – Writing for the Daily News. Your favorite co- hockey writer currently? Thank you. I'll plead the fifth on that one. Too many people to anger. <laughs> the best hockey player of all time? I'll go with Gretzky also. Okay. The player you idolized as a kid? Uh, probably would have to be Rattel originally as a little kid. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, the most ho- famous hockey person... Besides me, of course, that you've met. Uh, probably, <laughs> well, probably McDonough, Ryan McDonough. Ryan McDonough. Okay, here we go. Cool. Um, all right, let's see. Um, your earliest hockey memory? 1972 Stanley Cup Finals as a four-year-old kid. There you go. Yeah, Stanley Cup Finals. Was, or they have a big impression. Mine in 1975 Stanley Cup Finals. Actually, the parade in Philly. The 1975 parade in Philly was the first memory that I really have. Great. Um, Don't they beat the Sabres? There you go. Yeah. The favorite hockey game that you personally attended? Uh, personally attended? Yep. Wow. I have to think of that one. I mean, none of them, unfortunately, were playoff games that were great. I mean, I was with you in the press box when the Flyers beat the Rangers, so that was not a great memory. Yeah. That was, a, that was, an, that was an interesting game, though. I was at game three when Derek Stepan got his jaw broken, and the Rangers lost that one to Montreal. That's a good one. Um, but probably has to be, I would say, the probably Winter Classic Flyers Rangers when the referees try to give Daniel Briere a goal in the penalty shot. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> nice. The favorite, um, your your okay, so favorite game. Okay, your the best hockey game you've ever watched. You watched on television. Your favorite game you ever watched. Uh, probably has to be one of the game sevens between the Flyers and Oilers. Okay, yeah, yeah, there we go. 87, probably. Your hockey position when you played, if you played defense, defense. Okay, your hockey number 23. 23. Uh, why was why 23? Same as basketball, Michael Jordan. There you go. Um, 
yeah, I just watched the other night. I just watched the LeBron James high school game on um, on YouTube. That was really fun to watch. Like his the first game, like they ever had him. They ever had him. Oh like, yeah, yeah. He had, he played. I forget the name of his high school now. I know it. I know it. Too. Yeah, like with the Irish Saint Mary's. Yeah, the Irish was. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. And he, where he, they beat the team that never lost. And like, it was really, really something else. Highest level of hockey that you've ever personally played in, Jan. Oh, uh, be low. Be, be more like school level. That's it. Yep. 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 Um. And one age one NHL rule that must be changed. Uh, kind of, I think it's the we need to have the three two one rule. That's all. So gotta get, one, gotta right? get rid of the, uh, the 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 way the scoring system works right now. That is mine too. I same same mine. thing we've talked about on my blog several times. The, yeah, uh, yeah. The point or something's got to change. It's got to change. I totally agree with you. That's the it's killing the sport. Plus, I threw in for for I won't tell you my answers because I want you guys to get done as well. So, uh, well, thank you, Jan. Thanks for playing. All right, no worries. Be well, guys. See, See you later. See you, Jan. What kind of hockey fan are you? All right. We now go to Michael Jello. And I am not wearing gray, Terry, in the chat. You're wearing green today. Green. Yes. Okay. Green. <clears throat> okay. Here we go. Uh, city you grew up in? Uh, Chicktawaga, New York, land of the pink flamingo. <laughs> NHL player who grew up closest to your town? Bob Beers, former defenseman for Boston, <laughs> Boston Bruins. He, uh, I think he was born in Chicktawaga, he, um, but he went to a different high school, different district. So he was a couple miles away. Awesome. Uh, favorite NHL team? Come on. <laughs> Least favorite NHL team. I can go. We all know this one too. Can we all say it together? No, no. Yeah, I don't think it's not Buffalo. It's not Buffalo. They're no, Buffalo. it's the Canadians. It's the it's the Habs. It's yeah. definitely. We all know that one. That's easy, right? All right, everybody. We should try. We should see if the chat room can actually guess these answers. Um, yeah, but we want to be here till seven o'clock. I know we won't do that. Um, but anyway, if you can, guys, if you want to throw everything in pretty quickly, here we go. All right. Um, uh, NHL teams that you secretly follow, Mike. Secretly follow. I followed them all, so I can't. That that really is not. I mean, but if there's a night when there's a game on and all the teams are playing except for the Leafs, uh, I like I like Colorado. I find them very entertaining. There you go. Okay. Um, favorite hockey writers growing up? Jim Kelly, the Buffalo News. Uh, yeah. um, and it's funny because somebody posted a picture. Uh, I think it was the anniversary of the odd uh, closing, and uh, they had a picture of Jim Kelly and a couple other Buffalo News reporters up there when they closed the press box up there. And I'm like, you know, I, I just miss talking to him because I used to talk to him on the on the rate on the I got to read him when he was yeah. on the internet. That's the only time I knew Jim Kelly because early internet, he yeah. was on there whether it was ESPN or Slam, I can't remember. And, that, and then he was on Sportsnet, and I still think the the greatest thing is, is the fact that he posted an article on Sportsnet the day he died. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, it's unbelievable. He was you know he was writing up until the very day. That's amazing. Um, well, who are your favorite hockey writers now? Um, I think uh, Pierre LeBrun, Elliot Friedman, Chris Johnston. There you go. Good, good, good trio there. Best hockey player of all time. We did this the other day with you, so we know who you think it is. Robert Gordon Orr. That's right. Um, <laughs> player you idolized as a kid. Boreas Salming. Boreas Salming. Nice name. Yeah, I, I mean, I, like – Wendell Clark was drafted when I was 18 years old, so technically I wasn't a kid anymore. Yeah, yeah. Right. We're the, and we're the same age. He's my favorite player, but Salming was uh, a fantastic defenseman. Yeah. I should have put favorite player on here. That's a good one. Um, most famous hockey person you've met? 
Robert Gore. Robert Gore. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been in the same room as Gretzky. I, I'll, I'll say this, and Russ was there at that time too. When we went to the Centennial Classic in Toronto, and we're in the room with Batman, Gretzky, um, let's see, Glenn Hall, Johnny Busick, <laughs> Red Kelly, Red Kelly, Johnny yeah. Bauer. It was that's, that's pretty. That's a pretty amazing moment. That's a fun. It was fantastic. That is a pretty amazing moment. Um, okay. I have a picture of that too. Earliest hockey memory? A Sabres Rangers game in 1973. I was six years old. Nice. You did you go to this game or? I, I was I was at the game with my dad and my brother. Nice, 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 nice. Um, your worst hockey memory? <laughs> uh, I forgot to give this one. Actually, I forgot to give Dan this one. There's, there's a there's a tie, and I've seen both of them on TV in the last week. So. <laughs> So screw you, NHL Network and NBCSN for Game Seven of 2013. Thank yep. you. And Game Seven of 1993. There you go. I thought 1993 would probably take it though, right? No, the tie. It's, it's, it's a tie. It's a tie. Oh man, I, so, I still feel so bad for that text I sent you, Mike. I can't even mean to tell you. Um, <laughs> sure. Favorite game you personally attended? What's that? Say that. The favorite game you personally attended. March 15th, 2004, uh, Leafs versus Sabres at the uh, Key Bank Center. Now it was then the HSBC Arena. Yep. Leafs were down 5-2 to two in the third period, came back, pulled the goalie, tied it in uh, forced overtime, and Thomas Caverly scored the game winner in overtime. Excellent. Excellent. It's on It's on YouTube. I'll, I'll put it in my blog today because it's a pl- very pleasant. That's a good one. Um, best game you watched on television? It's a tie between the 87 Canada Cup, Game 3, the famous Mario Lemieux goal, and the Miracle, yep. and the miracle on Ice. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, um, Yeah. you actually watched the Miracle on Ice live, which we didn't get yep. you into. Your hockey team. position. So, say that again? Your hockey position. Goalie. Yeah, you were goalie too. Uh, your hockey number. Number one, because I am. There you go. <laughs> And why? That's why, not because you're you're number one. No, no, no. I just I, I, number one because it's a goalie's number. There you go. Uh, highest hockey, high, highest level of hockey you played? Street hockey. Nice. Um, and one nature rule that must be changed. The instigator rule: burn it, destroy it. <laughs> I'm not fighting back. I like it. I like it. I like it. Thank you for playing. What kind of hockey person are you, Mike? Appreciate it. And now on to Russ Cohen of Sportsology. <laughs> City you grew like up in. Be an interrogation. Go ahead. City you grew up in. North Massapequa, New York. Very yeah. close to the Seinfelds and the Baldwins, but it's just across the tracks. There you go. NHL player who grew up closest to there. Sonny Milano. Sonny Milano. Right, 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 right. Favorite NHL team is obviously the Rangers. Rangers. Least favorite NHL team. Islanders. Islanders. <laughs> um, NHL teams you secretly follow. I really, because of the prospecting that I do, I really yeah. do watch them all. Like it's just, yeah. It, it, it depends on the year. Like like Mike said, right now I'm watching Colorado because of McCarr. If it's a couple of years ago, I'm watching Buffalo because of Eichel. Like it all depends on on that. Well, you spend a lot of time in the Flyers press box, so I would say you have yeah. to have the, you, you follow the Flyers. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean I watch almost every Flyers game. I'm at almost every Flyers game because I'm in the market and I'm writing yeah. about it. Same with the Rangers. Yeah, it's kind of hard not to follow a team you, you spend that much time around. The Metro Division, I watch a lot of. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Um, the uh, favorite hockey writers growing up? Kevin Allen is definitely one. Larry Brooks, Frank Brown. Um, those are the three that 
because I got into hockey a little late, like when I was nine years old. So yeah, those are the three that I really uh, remember the most. And your favorite hockey writers currently? I'm taking the fifth on that one. <laughs> yeah. There's too many. I'm going to get destroyed. It's okay, Russ. Go ahead. Best <laughs> hockey player of all time? It's Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Oh, stick it. <laughs> Why are you idolized as a kid? Well, I'm going to go with the first one, and that would be um, Ed Jockerman. Ed Jockerman, there you go. Hey. Most famous hockey person you have met? Us. I've had a short conversation with Wayne Gretzky and a longer one with Gordie Howe, so it's like a toss-up. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you on Okay. Earliest hockey memory? Earliest hockey memory is the 72 uh, Stanley Cup. Okay. Worst hockey memory? Uh, 84 Ken Morrow overtime goal because he doesn't score goals. <laughs> favorite game you personally attended i'm gonna go with and i think it was i'm gonna say it was 93 uh the tai domi game where you know he had the three fights against that was tremendous that that yeah. game i was in the blue seats i was bringing a fan to that game um and it was just and what that was against chicago right because it was probert no yeah. detroit detroit all right it was against Detroit, and I brought a Detroit fan with me to sit in the blue seats, and I told him, I said, look, you're going to get harassed. He goes, I don't care. I'm going to do it. I'm like, all right. And luckily, they were pretty <laughs> good to him, but every time there was a fight, I was like, oh, boy. And so that was, it was pretty – it was a very charged atmosphere. It was amazing. That's pretty awesome. Um, best game you've watched on television? You know, it's, I'm not going to go with the Stanley Cup or whatever. I'm kind of spoiled. I've covered a lot of Game 7s. I'm really going to go, what was it, the uh, five-overtime game with Keith Primo? Yeah. That game, I did all that I could to stay awake for that game yeah. and just was amazed at just the players trying to sort of keep it going. Like, yeah. to me, it was an incredible game to watch. I have a great story about that game real quick. So I was, um, I had just gotten engaged um, and was not yet married. Um, was about to get. Well, no, I was, I was. I mean, I'm sorry. I was about to get married. I um, like a month later, I would get married. So, um, but I was living with my wife at that time. At that time, fiance living in sin, and we were. And I had gotten her to watch um, some hockey, but I'd never gotten her to watch like a playoff game from beginning to end. And I said, I want you to sit down and watch a like, playoff game tonight with me from beginning to end. If you and she's like, all right, I'm going to watch it from beginning to end. She would always watch it and then sort of get just get disinterested and wander yeah. off with her. So it happened to be the five overtime game that she was wow. forced to watch from beginning to end. <laughs> so like once you got hooked on it, you couldn't not watch. Yeah, it was it was so interesting. The story just it was just such a it was such like a it was he, cl classic like heavyweight type battle. Yeah. You know, of like guys hanging onto the ropes, you know, and barely. Look, barely I'll be honest, my eyes were fluttering. I kept saying, I just somehow I got to stay awake for this. Yeah, yeah, that was in that was insane, and and it really, it, you know, I would have. It's the kind of game that if your team loses when you're watching that game, it's like the it's an unbelievably devastating. Oh, but yeah. but you know, my team of course won, so I was really happy about that. You were happy. Um, your uh, okay now. Your hockey position. My hockey, my real hockey position was wing, but then when you saw me in media games, I would play defense because it's easier. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. It's easier, right? Uh, your hockey number. It's still 41 for Tom Stever. Like, I just ported that over to any sport I played. Nice, 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 nice. Um, the highest level of hockey you played? Deck or roller hockey. Deck or roller hockey. There you go. Um, and one NHL rule that must be changed. Get rid of the trapezoid. There you go. That's my that's my other one. So you guys both got my my two rules are the, the point scoring system and the trapezoid. Absolutely. Trapezoid is ridiculous. I, I think the instigator rule is most important. 
<laughs> I will. And that's a good one too. That's a good one too. All right, I'm gonna do. I will, I will interview myself just for the fun yep. of it. Interview yourself. That's good. All right. Unless you guys, unless you guys, one of you guys want to jump on my blog and interview me, that will be. Hang on, I can do it. That'd be easier. That would be easier for me than interviewing myself. Um, but uh, yeah, that that rules that must be changed are good are a good topic. We'll definitely get into that one for sure. But um, so uh, hold on. No Thanks. I can get it. All right, hockeybuzz.com, right. Russ. Hockeybuzz.com. No, I'm on it. <laughs> okay. Well, well you, your answers are here already. I know, but you can just say that's, that's fine. I'm doing the same. City you grew up in. All right, I grew up in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. NHL player who grew up closest to your town. <clears throat> Bobby Ryan is a Cherry Hill guy, but Johnny Gaudreau is pretty close. Right down the street. Uh, favorite NHL team, Skip? The Flyers. At least favorite NHL team? All the New York Metro teams. <laughs> I thought at it was one point or another at different points in my life. It's really funny. I thought well, it was going to be one of those. Started uh, with the Rangers, moved to the Islanders, then to the Devils. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mine started with the Flyers, moved to the Islanders. I feel the same way. <laughs> NHL teams you secretly follow? Um, the Predators, the Canadians, and the Sharks. It's not a big secret, though. I know. We've talked about that, obviously, a lot. <laughs> you wear your heart on your sleeve. Favorite hockey writers growing up? Uh, Kevin Allen, which makes it incredibly awesome to have gotten to know him over the years, was one of them for sure. Um, when he when he first called me during the lockout, I literally like I was at a bowling alley and I got a call from Kevin Allen who said, "Yeah, I got your number from from somebody at the NHL." And um, and I'm like, "Holy cow, this is really Kevin Allen, yeah?" Because at that point in time, you know, he was just a writer; you didn't really know. Yeah, you never saw these people in person. I'd never heard his voice before or anything like that because he, you know, it wasn't like he was on podcast or anything like that. Right. So, and then also I grew up reading Al Morgani and Jay Greenberg, who also worked for Hockey Buzz. So it's pretty cool that I got to read both of those guys. And two of them are writing for Hockey Buzz. I know. And two of them are writing for Hockey Buzz. How about that? Uh, favorite current hockey writers? Uh, Kevin Allen and Eric Juhashik, who I'm such a huge big fan of. Um, Eric's great. I think Eric is one of the most interesting guys to hang out with in the league. And um, oh, he's a fun guy. Yeah. And just, and I love scrums with Eric Jahachik. Cause you know, you have the normal people who ask the crazy questions, like the basic, how, how, how hard was it to lose tonight? Or what was the that thing? And Eric's always like throwing out something in an interesting way. He's pretty cerebral. He he's good. Yeah. He's and the players, respect him for it. the players will give him the time of day because they know he's not just asking them stupid questions. Right. Uh, Bobby, your best hockey player of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with Wayne Gretzky too. No questions. Wrong. Player you idolized as a kid. Uh, Bernie Perron is a young kid, then Pelly Lindbergh. Okay. Uh, most famous hockey person you've ever met? Uh, you know, I've said the story before, but, you know, um, our buddy Scoop Cooper introducing me to Gordy Howe. Have you met Gordy? You know, that kind of thing. And then I spent yeah. a whole media meal talking to him. I mean, Gordy Howe told me a dirty joke. I mean, so that's really? pretty incredible, yeah. I got to tell my dad, and this was right after my dad had passed away, I got to tell Gordy Howe that my, how much my dad liked him, how my dad used to ride his bicycle. Oh, like. That was really something. Yeah. Um, let's see. Earliest hockey memory. Yep. I was seven years old. Uh, 1975 Stanley Cup parade in Philadelphia. I remember a little bit of the a little bit of that series too. I don't remember the first Stanley Cup the Flyers one, but I do. But I remember that parade. Obviously, huge imprint. I was in Philly with it for it. So. Uh, worst hockey memory. Uh, the overtime goal where the Islanders beat the Flyers in the Stanley Cup. 1970. Think it was offsides. Yeah, that play wasn't offsides, but it was offsides earlier in the game. But that particular goal itself, that was the year the Flyers had the 35-game unbeaten streak. It was just a devastating, devastating, devastating. Yeah, it's what, what a real shame. What is a worst call, that or home run home run throwback? Whew. 
I'm not really familiar. I, I think I, I think Nystrom was offsides, and I think home run throwback was a lat was a lateral. Yeah, Nystrom was offsides, and there's also a goal in that game that the Islanders played with What's one that? of the Islanders' goals in that game that's not often talked about, and the same as the offsides game, there was a goal where the Islanders scored on a high stick that had you had we had instant replay back then, would have, the stick was clearly over the crossbar. But you know, those things were missed in those days. Oh, they were constantly missed. You know, definitely. You, you just knew it. You just had to deal with it. Uh, favorite game you personally attended? Game six of the 1975 Stanley Cup Finals with the Flyers and the Oilers. Um, 87. 87. 87 finals. Sorry, 87 finals. Stanley Cup. Yep, with the with the um. Flyers and Oilers, when the Flyers were down by three, came back. Um, J.J. Daniels scores it, and, and you, you know, we all thought we were going to see a Stanley Cup that day. We're like, well, we're, the Flyers are getting killed. Or at least we're going to get to see the Stanley Cup skate around the spectrum. And when they won that game, it was like winning the Stanley Cup for me. I can't believe J.J. Daniel scored the goal. It's like, I know. Know. Prop and then J.J. Daniel. Um, Daniel just, everybody gets their moment, and that was his moment. That was his moment, and I'll just I'll never forget. I can I, it, time stops, and I can see the whole thing from my seats where I was sitting. I can see the whole thing go in. I can see the shot as as he as it goes back to the point, and JJ just one timed it. Someone tried to clear it, and JJ one timed it, yeah. um, which was really something. I mean, Stefan Matteau had the same kind of moment. Yeah, yeah, isn't it something? And I also got I was personally attended. Two of my favorites were in, like in the same realm of that ended the same exact way with. Um, Sidney Crosby scoring on Ryan Miller, but that was the 2010 gold medal game and the first winter classic, both of which were amazing. to well, I'll, I'll, I'll go one further. Like if I'm going to talk about games that I've covered. Yeah. Even though I've covered game sevens of the cup, I really think the game seven where the Rangers beat the Penguins in 2014 in Pittsburgh, mm. it, because I spoke to Mike Lang after that. And, and he basically was like, look, the only reason the Penguins lost this game was because of Henrik Lundqvist. Nobody for the last three or four years could come in here and shut these guys down the way he just did tonight. I've never yeah. seen anything like it. That's what Lang told me. Yeah, that's that, and that's the guy who's seen that. Who knows? He's seen it all inside out. But those, those, those that gold medal game in Vancouver was not the best game ever, but it was just such an over overwhelming moment. Oh, yeah. and, and and you guys, I mean, I, I understand it was the. It was the visual. It was the first yeah. classic, the snow globe and all that. It was a boring game. Oh, the game itself was boring. The way it ended, though, with a shootout was The way fun. it ended was great, though. It didn't, I'm not a big fan of the shootout, but that was one game that ending in a shootout was a lot of fun. It, it didn't make me upset that I sold those tickets for cost to a guy. To well, a it should have. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm happy. The atmosphere was unbelievable. It, it was really a great was. atmosphere. I was in the tunnel with, with um, Drew Stafford. And because he was scratched, and I literally watched Crosby score the goal. Then he comes off the ice, and a little kid asks him for his autograph, and he gives it to him. And he goes into the room like it was just great. The most frustrating thing about that game, I was told between the second and third period that Marion Hosa was going to be traded to the Penguins, and was told I couldn't talk about it for three days, and he was traded before I could talk about it. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, best game you ever watched on TV? You said the same. No, it's actually actually mine is the not not the Canada Cup, but the Rendezvous series. Yeah. That's what I meant. That's, That's what you meant too. Okay, 1987 like, rendezvous, Canada. They were all six five Canada Russia series. Cops Coliseum. Well, yeah, they, those games that? were just unbelievable. What did you watch that on? It was, was it was on it was on CBC. It was on CBC, and at that point, my we, my um. Yeah, but how could you get it? In, oh in, yeah, because my family right around 1983. I convinced my dad to get like a giant satellite dish. Oh, you had a giant satellite dish. I did the kind that moved outside. It was like 12 feet tall. Yeah, because trust um, me, and then you could watch the feeds of these things. So I would watch like talking and kind of guys getting ready yeah. to go in the air, cursing it up a storm. It was a blast. I mean, yeah, I wasn't was getting that on Long Island. Al Strachan was doing a lot of that swearing. Oh, yeah, that was the old days when you know you could watch the feed on the satellite dish. 
it was amazing. And that's how I got, I had my, I had my, all my um, hockey friends over to watch that rendezvous series. I'll tell you one funny story. So back in the early days of cable, I was watching a Met game and when they had a double header, they didn't break away, right? The feed would still be there. And, and one day Ralph Kiner was opening up beers and it was like, and Tim McCarver didn't know what to do, right? Because he realized it's an open mic and go <laughs> on waiting for the next game to start. And he was like, well, I'll take that soda. Thanks, Ralph. <laughs> really funny. That's fantastic. I okay. love it. Uh, your hockey position? I'm a goalie. Number? Number 31 for Pelly Lindbergh, the guy behind me on the back there on the painting. I've, I told you the painting story, I think, before, but if I haven't, it's really – that story is pretty amazing. I went the game. I, I went to the game after Pelly was – killed and I'm, i got there late because i had a hockey game of my own and i'm walking in and they were having this like ceremony inside you know and they're having the whole thing um they had a big you know like memorial service for pelly Lindbergh. and as i'm as my mom and i are running up to the stadium a guy a guy sees me with my pelly Lindbergh shirt grabs me and says hey you come over here it's like i, I have something i can't I, I painted this i can't keep it anymore um it's just making me too sad but i wanted to give it to a Lindbergh fan so i walked back to his car he opens up his trunk this he pulls out this painting which is like rolled up in a thing you know, on canvas, pulls it out and says, would you like this for 10 bucks? And I'm like, yeah, I'd love it. Thank you very much. And that's how I, that's how I got that, that painting. Wow. So, um, yeah, which was just like, so you can see it back there. And it was, it was such a cool painting and I just absolutely. So somebody but, stole it and you bought it out of their car. That's maybe, maybe that is the actual story. <laughs> that's, the two, Russ? That's, that, where, that, that's the way I read it. That photo on the other side of the painting is my first album cover. Uh, from right. my band. That uh, someone did that photo. Um, so anyway, yeah. So that's the uh, that's that story, Pelly Lambert. Yep. Highest level of hockey you've played. I think this is the same as Russ, which I would say goalie for the USA Media. Um, yeah, I mean, media um, at an NHL All Star Weekend in, in in North Carolina, where I got to stop Cassie Campbell on a breakaway. That was my moment. Cassie Campbell. I don't know if you played in that game or not, Russ. I was in that game. Baker was in that game. Right, 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 right. Okay, yeah. yep. So I got Cassie Campbell came in on a breakaway, and I stopped Cassie Campbell, like you know, legendary, maybe best woman ever to play hockey. Um, I, was, I was next to Rob Simpson on the bench. He was one of my line mates. I figured might as well be next to the six foot five guy just in case. Yeah, Rob looks like he played hockey, but didn't you know? He like mm -hmm. he looks like a, he really when you see him, they're like he's he's a massive guy. He must be a former hockey player. You know, anybody in the media that looks like that is usually a yeah. former hockey player. Otherwise, they look like Russ or. We don't look like former hockey players, but uh, Rob looks like a former hockey player. But uh, yeah, Rob was in, that's where I got that's where I met Rob Simpson during that game. Actually, it was I crazy. actually. I, it was funny in Philly Baker asked me, she goes, Hey, are you going down to Carolina for the all-star game? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, are you playing the media game? I said, yeah. And she goes, can you take my equipment? So I actually brought her equipment from here to there. Cause she didn't want to put it on a flight because I guess either she didn't have the money or she, you know, whatever, who knows. That was funny. Well, I didn't know about the media game until I got there. Um, and I was like really bummed out. I'm like, oh man, I really want to play in this. So I went, I found a play it against sports and equipped myself um, and then returned the stuff afterwards. And I told him what I was doing. I'm like, listen, I'll get you, I'll get you some programs from the all-star game. I'll get you something, but I want to, I'm in the media. Can I like get a couple things? So they met, they were so nice there in Carolina. Like, sure. Take all this stuff. And I took everything. I didn't even give oh, them right. deposit, but I had my pads and all this stuff. And I got to play in that game at the last minute. And that, oh, so I've definitely carried my equipment around with me a lot to different events to yeah. play. Um, and um, my rule, sorry, my rule is what we talked about before, which is like that, you know, that, that we'd either need three points for a regulation win or no points for an overtime or shutout tie. One of those has to go one way or the other. And the trapezoid is ridiculous. And I'll go with Mike on the instigator, too. I think all three of those rules are absolute. I think they're all just. 
They're all stupid. And I have a question for you guys. Third man in penalties. Remember that when we were a kid, that third man into a fight was such a big friggin' deal. Like if there was a fight in hockey and someone for a while, it, it wasn't in, it wasn't always there. Because the because the third man in back then, and I'll use this one as an example. I think it was like 1990 or 91. An unusual fight between two very skilled players, Denny Savard versus Gary Lehman. In a Leafs in a Leafs Hawks game, yeah. and there and Lehman is cleaning Denny Savard's clock, and out of nowhere, Dave Manson comes in and just jumps on top of that. <laughs> that's third man in. Now, yeah, it's right. like, now it's like somebody's grabbing a jersey. It's not. That's not really. Third Wait, I don't think the rule exists anymore. Like I, I have not no, been able no. to. I, I have sent letters to no, Bill Bill the NHL. Is it still in the rule book? Because when we were, if you guys remember growing up, that was like, I remember that was always a factor on my mind. Like if there was a fight, you know, if someone someone else grabbed me, even if someone just slightly grabbed a guy who was already fighting, we're like, oh, that's going to be third man in, he's going to get kicked out. And they would say, you know, exactly, eject, they would eject a guy immediately for, right. for a third man jumping into a fight. I've seen like happen constantly now. And it never, I have not seen, I don't know when the last time that rule was used. Um, when was the last time you saw somebody kicked out of a game for, for being a third man in? Uh, David Clarkson got suspended for 10 games for third man in. Okay, David Clarkson. So that's a while ago. But he came off the bench, and that was the thing. You know, off the bench, that's even bigger. I mean, we're talking like if there was a fight going on and someone at all would touch a guy. No, I know, but Pratio got eight games for coming out of the crowd and fighting. That was that was <laughs> that bench against the Kings. That was that playoff game. Yeah, funny, yeah. I mean, that's like a different thing. But the, the, fun, the funny thing about that one uh, about that one act is that. Fatio was fighting the third string goalie who was in yes. street clothes. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. And yeah. and it's the uncle of JP pa, uh, JP uh, JG Pajot, Paul Pajot. Right. The third string goalie Fatio cuz cuz he was trying to prevent Fatio from getting to the the LA Kings bench and he got the crap beat out of him. He did. He really Oh yeah. Well, that's yeah. what he wanted to do. He wanted to tie Fatio up. Well, that was the time, <laughs> man. Those were, those were the days. I mean, that was like Fatia was he was a jerk, man. He but he he was a good he was a, he was really got underneath people's skin. I got to know him a lot. It's actually funny how smart and what like he was a really good hockey coach. Yeah. And he actually because he was a Golden Gloves boxer, right? Oh, yeah. He learned that before he learned how to skate, and then once he got pretty good at skating, then teams started to use him as an enforcer, and he actually got better as a hockey player as he went on. <laughs> yeah. No. That something that is really surprising. I know. I mean, he was just, I mean, it was one of the weirdest things we talked about the other day, but when he, he went from the Rangers to the Flyers was such oh, a, yeah, that was crazy. I mean, I just made that, that was one of those things. Him like, and Hathard stand up to Dave Schultz. He was the only one. Yeah. He was the only one back then. Yeah. That was, yeah. That, that was the weirdest, that was the weirdest thing for me. And I was at this game, um, Dave Schultz after Philadelphia, I think he went to Pittsburgh. And then he was picked up either in a trade or on waivers by the same. Hey, I got breaking news. Go ahead. Steve Wino just reported that postponement of the scouting combine awards and draft has just happened. Not shocked. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, okay, if we have a season that goes into July and August, then you can't have – the draft until after that season. Yeah, I'm not going to say that that's necessarily bad. Combine during whatever that cup tournament is yes. that you can do. Right. So, so you'll be here for Labor Day, Ross. Yeah. 
I'm not saying that's necessarily bad news. Some of that that could actually, actually be. This will be one of the few times I'll be excited to go to Buffalo because I'll be excited to do anything. <laughs> yeah, know, that's for sure. Well, think of it this way: we're living through our summer right now. These are like yeah, our, that's, that's, yeah. what, that's how I'm treating it. You know, like these are our August podcasts. That's what we're doing. These are our August podcasts, and you know, I mean, the summer will be. Like I said, I think you might be incredibly busy at some be point. Incredibly busy. I think it'll actually be a lot of fun. I, I really hope we get there. And you know, Thomas says that we say, you know, we're the only we're the only league still holding on to hope. Are that he said? Ask, are there any leagues holding on to hope besides the NHL? The NBA. The NBA still is. They're all holding on to hope. Yeah, I mean, baseball. I mean, right now, like uh, I think it was Jeff Passan from ESPN was talking about like what what is the you know, like the most acceptable season. Or the you know the, the 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 minimum amount in terms of a season for baseball, and he was like eighty-one games. But you know what? At a certain point, even if it's sixty games, people want to see sports. Right. It's going to be it's there's gonna be, money to be made. I mean, come on, at the end yeah. of the day, there's yeah. money to be made. And I, I I mean, it is it's one thing to like think about what this virus is, is is obviously horrendous, and they actually closed down the park that we've been going to, which is just just sucks. You know, like. We were going to we were going hiking. Yeah, we have to do it because yeah, there's too many. There were too many people just showing up. I know, no, I know exactly. And it was the you know that was the reality. I mean, we we always hiked on trails where we're the only people on those trails. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, yeah, I mean, they have to. I know they had to do it. Um, but this is still we're still in March. Like people like have to. It, it feels like we're it feels like we're in May. Like when you think about the way people actually, it doesn't even feel like a month anymore, and days don't even feel like you know whatever day you say it is, it feel they all feel the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that you're right about that. You're right. I mean, it, we, like Monday through Friday is completely pointless. What's the difference now if it's March, other than the temperature outside, or if it's Sunday or Tuesday? Like, there's no difference. No, I know. It just it just feels as if to me like we have like there's a there's a there's a whole month of april still and there's a month of may there's like a lot of months before we even get to G there's still a lot of time before you get to june and just think about you know i think the nhl should hold on to hope to be well, honest that's why I mean, they're postpone and not cancel there's a whole lot of time still out there there's like we're not fighting now Eric? there's a fight oh yeah who's fighting is there a fight in there no it looked like there was hold on it's admiral yamamoto versus vic hatfield yeah no that was a goal it was a, oh, it was a oh, okay. are hanging on there you know it's four to two in the third. Hang on, they're hanging on for this game. I know they should be killing these, but um, uh, the part of video game online yeah. league. I'm going to do that, Randy. I'm actually working on that. Um, yeah, tomorrow. Well, I mean, tomorrow we're going to have Kevin Woodley on from Ingoal Magazine. Yes, yeah, tomorrow we're going to talk about goalies, which will be fun. It'll be a total yeah. show. He's the best guy that I know. He, um, I used to write a little bit for Ingoal, and he was the editor. And boy, yeah. did he teach me a ton. Oh yeah, no, he's 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 he is the best, and he's, you know, we can we're going to get into goalies goalies tomorrow in big ways. So have fun with that. My blog tomorrow is going to be about your favorite goalies and stuff like that. We're going to tie it all together. And then Friday, and then Friday, we're going to have Pete Weber on, and we can probably do our uh, Chicago Blackhawk all time team or a Nashville Predator all time team if we want to do that. We'll definitely do the Predators all time. And I was thinking with um, but Pete Weber, maybe the Predators and the Kings. You know, Pete, Pete was a Pete was a play by play guy for the Kings for a while too, back way way back. And for uh, and Buffalo, and for the Buffalo baseball team, yeah, Buffalo baseball team as well. He's the yeah member of the Bison's Hall of Fame. Yeah, for sure. All right, folks, uh, be safe out there. Remember, um, try what what you can do uh, to to see as much hockey as you can. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you all tomorrow. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky. 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.